everyone, welcome. Again, my name is Laura Neitzel and it's just wonderful to see you. I see that some of you are not using your cameras. Um, and I know that uh, with a different bandwidth issues uh, that uh, you might not be able to enable your camera, but as much as possible, we would love to see you um, so that we can have a conversation. Um, I learned this morning that sometimes if, um, if there's a glitch or we're having a hard time communicating, at that time, it actually is better to um, turn off your camera and then it um, allows your voice to come through more clearly. Um, so we can all toggle in and out. Um, I thought that it, what would be nice before we start with our kind of questions is for each person just to briefly introduce him or herself, your name and where you're from. So since you don't see you, yourselves on the screen in the same order that I am in, um, let me just uh, call your names. So Silas. Hi, um, my name is Silas. I am a junior at Columbia. I'm originally from uh, Saranac Lake, New York, so near New York City, but not quite. Welcome, Silas. Metahan? Uh, hi, uh, I'm from Istanbul, Turkey. Uh, junior on uh, cultural studies yeah uh, and minor in philosophy and gender studies too <laughs> oh, wonderful thank you welcome yasmin hi my name is uh, yasmin i'm from tunisia and uh, i'm currently trying to pass my, my last year at high school oh welcome I'm so glad you joined us. Were you in one of the uh, workshops this summer? Uh, I think it was last summer uh, yes. with Miss Darlene. Yes. I actually participated in that workshop. Wonderful. Welcome. Thanks. Natalia. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Natalia. I'm 23 years old and I'm a senior studying international relations in Wahiji. In Rio de Janeiro. Welcome. Laura? Hello, my name is Laura. I'm an economics graduate and uh, I'm currently employed as an innovation associate. Welcome. Manvi? Please unmute yourself. <laughs> it's easy to forget. Sorry. No problem. Um, I'm Anvi from India, and um, I'm a freshman, and I'm doing liberal arts and sciences, and I'm planning to major in computer science and probably a minor in physics. Well, welcome. It's very late there. What time is it? It's almost 12 a.m. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, welcome. Uh, Vinicus, is that how you say your name? Please correct me. Hello. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Ah, okay. My name is Vinicius. Vinicius, okay. Yes, I'm a graduate in international relations at the University of the State of the Rio de Janeiro. Welcome. Sandra. Yes, hello. I'm from Lebanon. I'm an interior architecture graduate. Welcome. Thank you. Alex? Yeah, hello, my name is Kituzi Alex, and I'm checking in from Nairobi, Kenya. Welcome. 
And Essen? Hello. Uh, can you see me also? Yes. Oh, okay, perfect. So my name is Esin and I'm uh, joining from Istanbul, Turkey, and I'm uh, a senior in economics. Welcome. Thank you. And we also have joining us David Chen, who is a, uh, uh, a student at Columbia uh, College uh, in New York City, and he's joining us as a note taker today. But um, David, I'd love you to introduce yourself as well. And um, I think because we have a relatively small group um, in the midst of your note taking, I might ask you to join in with uh, some of our questions, if you don't mind. Sure. Sounds good. Thank you, Laura. Um, I'm a sophomore uh, in Columbia College, um, studying uh, pre-med, and uh, happy to be uh, joining you all today. Welcome. So welcome, everyone, and I really look forward to our conversation. We just have a few questions, but um, our format is very similar to the Youth in a Changing World uh, workshop, where we'll ask the question and then give each person one minute to respond um, and to share their answer. And then after we've heard from each, each participant, we'll kind of open it up for a broader discussion before moving on to the next question, okay? So the first question is, um, how has the coronavirus affected your life? And what is the most unexpected part of this impact? I'll repeat the question. How has the coronavirus affected your life? And what is the most unexpected part of this impact? Anyone who feels ready to respond, please, please chime in. Can I start? Yes, please do. Thank you, Natalia. Uh, so, um, um, in terms of impact, um, I I do an internship and now I, 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 we were forced everyone in, in the office to work to work remotely. Um, but for example, my parents don't have a job where they can work from home. So my mom has been sort of laid off and my father is still uh, going to work. Um, and because of this change in our in our uh, family revenue, what I what I make from my internship has become an important part of the family revenue because it's um, they have secured my my positions uh, until September. So until so until until September, I will be having a salary. So um, I think in my personal life, that was the most uh, impactful change the coronavirus has made so far. It has made me. A very important part of how our how my household works because I because I'm the only one who goes outside to buy food, to go to the bank. So I I I have kind of started become responsible for the family, which is weird. <laughs> Thank you very much. Who would like to speak next? I can. That's it. Okay. Right. Okay. So. Um, how my family's life is affected i would respond to because i'm living with my family i have a sister and i i have my mother and my father living with me so uh well it, it it's kind of different on my side because of the um 
the industry that my uh, parents are working in, they're working in a very similar uh, industry that is printing, printing ink. So actually with the, all the um, uh, packaging uh, has raised because all of the um, consumption has imp uh, raised as well, uh, there, ne there need to be more packaging than usual. So there, need to, there was more need of the pack packaging inks also. So it, um, I think they have a record high uh, the, the month, like this month or the month before, they had a record high sales ever. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of was probably one of, one of the very, uh, well, distinctive jobs that has an upside, I think, from this virus. But like, uh, I think it's like one in a million or whatever. So I can... Uh, why, why I want to go second was also to like um, say that it's 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 a um, well it's not commodity I know so I wanted to just say that there is something like this and what was the unexpe most unexpected part was that actually this one because I didn't know that it could it could actually like positively affect anyone but like in money wise of course. Uh, but uh, what what was unexpected was for me was that my uh, my life I think wasn't uh, as careful before like I I didn't um, wash the things that was brought from home, uh, brought to home from the grocery store every every item but like we now we do kind of so I think that's that's about it. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. So again, the question is, how has the coronavirus affected your life? And what is the most unexpected part of this impact? Who would like to speak next? I would like to speak next. Yes, Mandy, please. So um, one way it's really impacted my life is one, uh, I had to come back from college to my hometown. And um, especially my, my dad's a documentary filmmaker and he makes uh, films on social change. So while the coronavirus just started in India, he was in another state and working for um, this organization documenting um, public hospitals and government hospitals. So it was really scary for him to come back. Like it was really scary for him to come back home. And, um, you know, we were really scared if something would happen to him because that's when it really started hitting India and everybody was unsure and the lockdown wasn't here yet. So um, right now everyone is at home and uh, the work's kind of really affected because he can't go and shoot. And um, however, one thing that, that's really impacted me personally um, because of coronavirus is how I've become grateful about a lot of things I wouldn't have before. And um, like the simplest things is going to a grocery store is, um, it seems like a dream right now. <laughs> Where, and um, like my friends are storying going to uh, a grocery store, which is quite unusual. So um, although it's affecting the world very negatively and it's affecting family as well. And you know how it's taking a great deal of, um, it's taking a great toll on mental health of everyone. But personally, it's, it's been a very changing experience for me because I've become more grateful than I was before about living life in general. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mandri. Hello. Hi, Laura. Uh, so um, let me just start by saying that um, 
the impact perhaps on my personal life is a little different than the situation that we're living in in Lebanon. And that's something that I would like to raise awareness about. So I feel very lucky that I still can work remotely from home while others completely lost their jobs. Um, and the biggest impact that we see in Lebanon, we had a revolution previously, so that laid off many people from their jobs. And currently with the coronavirus, this obviously increased and we have hyperinflation. So the level of poverty that we're seeing is heartbreaking and it's honestly really difficult for us as citizens to see what's, what's happening around the world and what's happening in specifically in Lebanon with all of this um, poverty aspect. So yeah, like getting one perhaps a pack of bread might is not as cheap as we as usually it was for someone who was making like less than minimum wage or living on the on the borderline so yeah yeah thank you laura who else is ready we have we're going to hear from everyone so please chime in we can okay yes it's a, it's a fact in my life because in the end of the last year I had started a business on tourism area, tourism field. So it has changed everything in my professional life and my family routine has been changed because my mom's and ours is so I can't even hug her and kiss her and it has changed everything. So you're not, you're not, you didn't return home. You're living separate from your mom? No, no, we live in the same home, but she has to be isolated and I can even see her and her and oh. Yeah. That's genuine everything. Yes, thank you. So we need to hear from Alex, from Silas, from Metehan, from Essen. Uh, I can go. Uh, from Essen already? Yes. Silas? No, uh, Mete, Metehan. Oh, yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, so, when uh, the Turkey had the news of uh, the virus is dead here too, uh, they immediately, uh, not all, uh, almost immediately, uh, announced that the schools are will uh, will be on uh, online sessions and I went directly to home uh, like and <laughs> didn't come out uh, go out and <clears throat> uh, since my mother lives alone uh, and I'm living with her uh, I tried to cheer her up all the time so uh, she won't get affected the my role in the family is the, like that, to hold the morals uh, 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 and cheer them up, basically. Uh, so I agree with the comment on the simple things becoming a dream. Like, because uh, al almost every day uh, I went uh, around the city and uh, walk around, but these days it is impossible so 
Uh, yeah. The most uh, unexpected part is uh, for me, uh, I couldn't use technology that well. So now <laughs> uh, I'm becoming a part of the technology as well. Look at this, you're in a global conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I see that Lucien has joined us. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. Uh, good, good night. Yes, um, it's, it's evening uh, for you. Uh. <laughs> Welcome. Well, we are just in the middle. Everyone is going one by one um, and answering the question of um, how has the coronavirus affected your life and what is the most unexpected part of this impact? We're still hearing from people and we'll give you a minute to kind of think. Um, well, maybe we'll come to you last, Lucien. Um, yeah. I'd love to hear from Silas, from Alex. Who else are we meeting? Are we missing? Um, I can go next. Oh, yes, and yes, okay. So, um, Silas put his hand up, so we'll have Silas first, and then you, you won't be next, Yasmin. Okay. Um, yeah, um, I just, I guess, initially, I think all of us not as well. Um, I think it was Monby's point about just overall gratitude um, in a moment like that. Um, just, I, I was surprised, like, leaving campus, just how attached I actually felt to a place versus the attachment that you feel while you're currently there. Um, and it is a little shocking because it, it just, you, you don't want to feel like you're controlled that much by like physical aspects of your life. And then suddenly when you walk away, it, it hits you a little bit. Um, and I wasn't, I don't think I was expecting that as so many of my peers. Um, and then also I think a more surprising impact for me was just thinking about like a moment of crisis when I was hearing that everything would be shut down. I'm surprised by um, the continued skepticism about scientists and experts, even from my own generation, even from my own peers, um, the way that people like want to, I guess, assert themselves in a moment of crisis like that by questioning an authority about something that they truly know nothing about. Um, and I don't know if it's mainly because there was like a certain expectation of getting like a hard deadline. I think we're used to that on our day to day of like, oh, you'll get three months. Um, and so I think I've just been continued to be surprised by um, yeah, like just the conversations online about that, like just what I'm seeing people post about and just hearing about um, not being so unanimously in control. And then of course this morning, I also saw an article that like the same people who are most likely to disregard um, coronavirus projections are the same ones who like will also ignore like climate projections. Um, and that, that really stung a little bit because I feel like it speaks to a little bit of like a deeper cut about not just how we respond to a pandemic, but I mean, expertise in media. Um, and I, I don't know that I was ready to also see that even though like everyone I think agrees that it is like a moment of crisis to still see um, a desire to like just question, um, I think unnecessarily sometimes. And I think it, it takes a lot of trust from a lot of young people to like actually sit back. Cause like in all of our schools we're taught like, oh, like you guys are <laughs> supposed to be young leaders and everything. And yet it's noticing that when it comes down to shutting things down or opening things up, I, I'm not the one in control of that. Um, but yeah. Thank you very much. Yasmin. So um, currently I'm, a, I'm on my last year of high school and in my country we have this really important crucial exam at the end of the year which determines uh, which university we go to, which uh, it is basically the most important moment of our lives. And this uh, crisis has really impacted that, given that we, uh, 
you couldn't go to school anymore and in my, I live in a third world country so online classes aren't a given. For my part, uh, I do take online classes because I'm lucky to uh, actually live in the capital and uh, it's, not, uh, it's not covered by the government, it's more like an initiative by teachers. And I think that uh, although there are bigger and more crushing problems caused by this virus, I really think that uh, we should also give a thought out to students who are like maybe uh, as myself having to pass a really important exam and being at home facing the anxiety while also having to study every day, which is really, really uh, hard. Although I don't feel like uh, this uh, crisis affected me as much because uh, we took the decision to actually come live with my aunt. So we're actually eight at home right now. So the loneliness and those feelings of like, not going to, uh, wanting to go out aren't as important, more like aren't as impactful. Mm. Uh, I also think one of the most surprising things that I've discovered from this crisis is actually uh, how much of an introvert I am. Like this, uh, other than the studying part, I really uh, don't feel much of a pressure or nostalgia to like going out and everything, which really shocked me because I'm outgoing and everything. I'm not like a, a shy person in general. So I think that personally, that's uh, what surprised me the most. On a bigger scale, however, uh, I'm surprised by my country. Actually, I'm quite proud of how our country handled this crisis for once, because we are uh, a new democracy. We were like very new democracy. So seeing our government handle this crisis with the way they did is actually reassuring for me, giving me more hope for the future. So uh, that's worthy of mention too. That's wonderful to hear. Um, Alex. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Uh, so the situation here in Kenya is not different from the other part of the world. Uh, reason being, uh, we are being forced to work from home and I'm really finding it very difficult because I'm an outgoing person. So telling me to operate from home, that becomes a hindrance. Another thing is that uh, I've never done online classes, but this time around, uh, it is like a mandatory thing. And I've discovered that the classes are actually interesting and very awesome. That's good to hear. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. Thank you. Sandra, I don't think we've heard from you. Yes, hello. Hello. Um, what I think about this uh, pandemic is, I'm actually thinking about it more positively because uh, we're more grateful of like the little things, let's say we're staying home, we're staying with our family, we're getting to spend much more time with them. Um, let's say um, engaging in different, um, not activities, but let's say chores, let's say um, I didn't really help my mom in the cooking or whatever, and now I'm cooking as well. It's like, um, you, you start to realize that you don't always have to be a workaholic, 
because uh, before that I used to come home and say, okay, I'm stressed, I have this and that to do, et cetera, et cetera. And I wouldn't, I won't sit with my parents or my siblings, talk to them, get to spend time. Now I think um, it's actually good. We know what we need and um, like we're getting to know what, what's important in life. Thank you. Lucien. Uh, uh, I'm Lucien from Switzerland and uh, um, I'm here for one year, one year fellowship and uh, now it's a little bit, little bit difficult for me because uh, the library is closed, everything is closed and uh, I, I have to stay, stay home alone because I'm living alone and I, I nobody to talk with and uh, during the day I have just two things to do, eat and sleep. Uh, and uh, sometimes I have to, to read a book, uh, uh, I discuss with my, my family who is living in uh, uh, another country, another continent and it's something a little bit uh, difficult because I don't use to stay at home, like that. Mm -hmm. Every day you have to stay at home. Even if here we are not in, uh, the confinement is not mandatory, just something voluntary. You can go out if you want, but you have to take care, be careful because you have to use masks, something like that. And uh, I prefer stay at home because I think is a good thing to do. Um, just go out for supermarket, something like that. And uh, it is the second time I'm living like that. The first time was in 2002 uh, mm -hmm. in Cote d'Ivoire uh, because of um, armed conflict. And we were obliged to stay at home. And this time is something different because it is a virus and the virus affects uh, every people and uh, uh, it is a very, very difficult situation but we have to deal with. And I hope uh, we will be, uh, everything to be better as soon as possible. And, uh, yeah, we will pray for that. Yes. The only thing we have to do is to pray. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Before, I see that Essen has raised her hand, but I'd like to hear from David as well. Sure, yes. Um, thank you so much. Uh, I'm Zooming in from uh, Portland, Oregon, on the west coast of uh, the U.S. Um, and uh, I, I guess I can also second many of the points that have been made so far um, in regards to um, I guess um, being more cognizant of some of the uh, some of the pleasures that we take uh, for granted yes certainly 
Thank you very much, everyone. Uh, so I'd love for us to spend some few minutes here kind of just discussing some of the um, observations that were raised or any comments that you would have uh, to um, your fellow participants around the world. A reminder that you can always use the chat function as well if you would like to pose a question that um, as it comes to you, just to make sure that we don't skip it um, or uh, that you would like to send to me. Um, I see that uh, Essen has her hand up, so why don't we uh, get the ball rolling with her? And then please just um, either raise your hand like this or use the hand raising function and we can have our conversation. Essen? All right, so uh, while everyone was talking, I thought of something that was very, I think very obvious, but we missed it for some reason. Well, I, uh, what was un very unexpected for me was also how the world was not ready for such thing. Like, uh, we were we weren't uh, expecting anything like this, and maybe maybe we should have. I don't know. Like we, we never thought of something. To, like we never thought of anything to stop. Like without a reason. Like without a reason, meaning like we didn't expect it. And maybe we should have been more like not careful. Maybe, but we should have been more ready for it, more prepared for it. I think maybe that was very unexpected. The, the disease itself and the uh, the unreadiness that we had. Yes, Manvi. Another really unexpected thing that we didn't talk about is how lives of people with people who are dealing with um, very low socioeconomic background is working. Because in India itself, uh, the government announced a lockdown um, just and just informed it like 24 hours before. And there, there's a whole, almost about a million migrant laborers who work in different cities away from their homes. And as soon as the lockdown was put in, they couldn't go back home. The trains were stopped, the buses were stopped. And the entire point of the lockdown was social distancing, but these migrants had to go back home because they couldn't afford rents. Mm -hmm. And they were all stocked up, you know, at this particular place, at these bus stations, which is so much more harmful than, um, you know, announcing a lockdown just 24 hours before. Yeah. And you know, often, and with a country, in a country like India, where a lot of people um, belong to be uh, below poverty line or, you know, middle class and they're all migrant workers, um, it's really unexpected for the government to not think about that, you know, that um, class of people and just think, completely ignore that. Mm. And I think this, this um, certain thing happened in a lot of other countries as well where um, the only thought was given to people who are um, rich or middle class who could afford to, you know, have a lockdown, you know, where they could have a middle class or a upper class entitlement. Whereas there was no thought given to people who belong to lower socioeconomic backgrounds. And these are the people who are suffering more than we are. Yeah. Very interesting. Also, kind of underscoring um, Essence's point before about kind of lack of planning here. Yes. Um, Silas, you have your hand up. Yeah, I think it was mostly just to second the points that were made. It was just, I think it was, um, it's a bit stunning to see just how made clear uh, different socioeconomic privileges are in a moment of crisis, like who can afford to help themselves or not. I mean, I know even during like the move out process for us, um, the university was surprised by how many students weren't leaving um, just because it was a better situation for them to stay on campus. And then they eventually just offered us money to get us off campus, like just, we need you out. Um, but yeah, and then on the point about, um, I think it was Yasmin's point of, 
feeling comforted by a government response to it. Um, that made me feel better because I certainly don't feel that way here in the U.S. Um, and yeah, feeling a sense of confidence versus sense of real worry about um, once anything hits us like this, that's a little bit off of normal normalcy. Um, just how unprepared we are to support those who need it. It's, it, it's a little, it's, yeah, I think, I think I hope it'll stay in people's minds for a while. Yes, ma'am. Uh, actually, I wanted to mention also that um, one of the things that really uh, shocked me was the environmental impact of the virus. It taught us all that if given time and uh, like if we stopped polluting the world so much, nature would find a way to regain its balance very quickly. Mm. It's, uh, I think that's a very important aspect of the coronavirus. Uh, coronavirus that uh, we should also mention. Uh, in addition, uh, regarding my country's response, actually my country isn't like doing much better than other countries, but it's just that uh, the lockdown decision was really uh, taken early on and uh, the borders were shut down quickly. Also, uh, people of um, the, who have from lower economic backgrounds were also supported even though that generated another type of crisis, because where uh, the government was handing out uh, aids, people uh, really rushed into the post offices and that created a big crowd, uh, which made us really worried about the number of cases uh, getting higher. So I think that um, we should also learn from this experience that sometimes even when the government tries uh, to enact some policies, it may actually do uh, more harm, but uh, yeah, that's what I want. We heard a very similar uh, story this this morning uh, from India about you know government support um, being offered that then caused uh, people to rush out of their homes to to claim this um, in a way that was not good for social distancing. Um, yes, uh, so that was Yasmin. Who else would like to um, comment on other uh, topics that came up in our previous discussion as people were sharing what had surprised them about the virus? Um, particularly pertaining to um, your position as young people and as students. Yes, Lucien. Uh, I think uh, it, uh, this situation is surprise everyone. I think we nobody expect uh, uh, this kind of situation uh, because in 2003 we were facing uh, something like that, another coronavirus virus, but it was not equal uh, today because we we. Uh, when the pandemic or epidemic starts in China, everybody, I, I hear a lot of way people talking about, but I say, ah, okay, in two, two weeks, three weeks, uh, that will be over and we don't prepare uh, ourselves to face this situation. And today we are uh, in very, difficult uh, difficult uh, 
position and uh, for our young and student we are thinking about the after crisis because today we are in the crisis but what can happen or what will, will happen before the crisis uh, we don't know and uh, i'm afraid because i don't know if after the crisis how the world will be how we, we can do to to deal with uh, uh, such situation and uh, i'm very apprehensive but i think i hope that uh, in four five months everything will be okay and uh, that's Yes, and that's actually part of what we really want to think about here today is, uh, you know, how the world that we're going to imagine on the other side of this uh, crisis. Uh, and we will, I think that's where our questions will lead us um, in a few minutes. Mandy, you have your hand up. Uh, like I like to second this um, point about uncertainty that um, is, going to, like, is going to be present in the world. However, other than that, um, some questions really intrigue me are those that um, is the kind of world that we're living in and how underprepared it was to combat a pandemic like this. Despite the fact that there has been a pandemic every, once in every hundred years. And how even though that's been the case, we're still so underprepared to deal with the pandemic. And more so disheartening is how, um, how the response to the pandemic has been by different governments across the world. And it's just disheartening to see how um, is this the kind of world I'm living in? And um, is there space for change mm. in this world? And um, especially, um, you know, WHO didn't announce for the longest that it is a pandemic. And, um, you know, a body like UN that's supposed to be um, responsible for things like this has been so irresponsible about these things. So that really concerns me as somebody who is a student, somebody who's young and who's looking at this world from, you know, a new perspective. Am I, is there space for me to bring change in the world? Those are wonderful questions. And then, um, and then what, what is that space? Right. Um, and uh, especially at a time when I think our, our institutions of global, global governance are being challenged on a lot of fronts, or maybe they don't fit the realities of the 21st century world, because many of them were created in the aftermath of World War II, for instance. Um, and so how do those institutions of global governance have to change? Because um, certainly, as I pointed out at the beginning of our, um, our session, um, this pandemic certainly uh, points out the extent to which we are absolutely globalized and interdependent in our world. Uh, Yasmin. And actually, Yasmin, I'm sorry, I know you have your hand up, but may I hear from Laura first because we've already heard from you one time. So, Laura. Um, so, one of the important things that I wanted to talk about is the infrastructure that well, I'm going to speak about Lebanon, but I'm, um, I don't want to generalize. However, I'm sure that other regions as well suffer from the same problem. So um, we lack infrastructure in Lebanon that enables most of the students to learn online, let's say, or even the government was not spending enough um, to, so we have public schools and we have private schools, just like perhaps uh, all over the world. However, the amount that was going like the government spending that was going towards um, um, more public schools 
like my mom is an educator she's a teacher and a lot of the questions that she gets every time that she posts content online for her students to learn is that miss i'm sorry i can't um, follow up because i either don't have the like quality internet i don't have electricity sometimes other students might say that i don't even have a laptop to sit down and study so our government one of the initiatives that it that it took was that it started posting like content on the national television and i don't know how effective that's being but just like yasmin said uh, lebanon as well has a system where towards the end students high schoolers and grade nine students they have to apply for this governmental exam that would give them like their uh, credibility to join a university or even like move to high school so these issues are all like important things but the government whenever they went on tv they said that they don't know what to do anymore because they as um, asin said like we were so unprepared for everything that was going to happen and it just like shook us to the core so i think maybe like in the future, we have to take into consideration that some, such aspects might might arise and we just need to be more prepared. Yeah, I, this is actually a perfect segue to our next question, but I would love to make sure that everyone um, in this conversation has had an opportunity to speak at least once. I see Metahan wants to say something. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I have a few points about uh, first the government response on what what is going on because uh, i know some uh, in some countries people uh, the government is giving out some money to people but uh, the opposite thing is going in turkey uh, the government uh, is asking for money from people so that's a, a weird thing going on uh, and another one is like about again government like uh, Turkey also need the medical equipment and medical uh, stuff for uh, like their uh, medical issues but uh, instead the government is giving out some to other countries which is uh, wonderful for that countries as well <laughs> I'm not uh, yeah <laughs> and uh, another thing is since also my mother is also a teacher uh, I can uh, 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 relate with what Lara said uh, there is also uh, the television uh, thing uh, like television education is going on in uh, Turkey as well and, uh, and uh, since I heard from my mother like she's saying that this is not pretty good. Like the they educating okay, but uh, this is not uh, how to educate pe people and how to educate uh, children, especially children. Yeah, very yeah. interesting. Thank you, um, so Natalia. Let's hear from you, and then we're going to move to our next question. Um, just a quick uh, remark. Um, you've mentioned uh, online teaching and stuff. Um, here in Brazil, for example, um, it, there is um, 
uh, me, I study in a public university, which uh, in Brazil, if you're not familiar, uh, they are uh, usually the most uh, well-renowned universities in the country because they receive a lot of funding and stuff. Um, but um, my, uh, so in term, um, so um, the guidelines for, for teaching were that, um, the, were that for, the, for the first time, uh, public universities could, um, a, a, um, actually every university in general could uh, have online classes, even if they are not, uh, even if they in, in regular times are, um, are present mode. Mm -hmm. But for example, my university decided to forbid online classes for regular um, courses because we have students of very different backgrounds, social backgrounds, economic backgrounds, and the university cannot uh, guarantee that every student will have the same equal access to internet, to computer resources, to IT resources. So instead of um, making online classes mandatory, we've just suspended the entire semester. So um, th um, that's something that also creates an even bigger inequality, I think, in terms of education in the country, because those who go to to private to private universities who have um, access to more resources, they are able to go on with their lives in a sort of normal way. And us that go to different universities, we're just basically with no classes for we don't know how long. So it's so interesting, and what I hear you all saying is that this has just made so evident the inequalities that of all of our societies um, in the di very different ways in which people have been able to both survive economically, but also to continue their studies, um, and who can continue and who can't, who has access, who doesn't. You know, to me, it's interesting that governments are thinking about those inequalities, even trying to put something on television, even if the quality is not so wonderful, but, but you know, television is the technology of our parents, yes? <laughs> um, uh, and it's, uh, it's, but it's interesting. You can imagine all the old, old guys saying, let's just put it on TV. Um, but uh, it, it is at least an, an attempt to think, you know, how can we get education out to everyone? Um, and I think different, different countries are thinking about this in different ways. Um, you all have touched upon this already, but I'd like with our next question, um, to kind of be, start thinking about the future um, that will come after the pandemic. Um, and the question is, what influence do you think this pandemic will have on your future, your country, and the world? And when we all come back together at the end um, with Professor Desai and all the other two groups, we're also going to be thinking about what change we'd like to see in the world as a result of this pandemic. So maybe we can kind of talk about these things at the same time. You know, what influence do you think this pandemic will have on your future, your country, and the world? And what changes would you like to see as a result of it? Um, once again, I'd like us to go person by person so that each person has one minute, and then we will come back together for a discussion as we did the first time. Um, what do we do with the hands again? So that people have time to think if they're not ready to respond, just chat. would like to go first? Lucien, you. Uh, well, uh, I think that uh, I have a big question about uh, the unity of the 
European Union, for example, because here uh, uh, people are talking about the, the way the different governments are dealing with uh, the crisis. Uh, for example, in Italy, uh, the situation is worse and uh, Italia is uh, accusing uh, the other government uh, not helping uh, Italia in such situation. Uh, in Spain, the same thing. And each country is uh, taking uh, uh, their own uh, decision and not a, a decision for the European Union. And I think that is a uh, very big question, a very big deal for the future. And uh, in such situation, we are thinking about uh, what people could do after this crisis. Economically, first, because a lot of enterprises uh, are closing. Uh, economic, economically, uh, the situation is very bad was for some countries. Here in Switzerland, uh, the government are uh, giving it the enterprise, something like that. And I think the situation will be more or less uh, um, difficult. But country like, uh, for example, African countries, because the economy of these countries are not, strong enough to, to deal with, with uh, this kind of situation. And uh, I am feeling uh, for my family who is living in Africa, my friend, uh, for me too, because I don't know even what uh, I can do after uh, this crisis because my PhD, I'm doing my PhD in about five, six months. It's, I will end it and I don't know really what will happen. I, can, I cannot say something about my future yet, but I hope that uh, thing will be okay. So you're talking about your own individual future, but also that of your family and friends back in Africa, but also, you know, what does this mean for the EU? Um, where we've seen it has already been fraying uh, quite a bit and now we see countries acting independently and what does that, what does that pretend for the future of the EU? Who would like to speak next? Laura? Um, so one of the questions that I was thinking about was how, how are our lives going to change like um, around the world? If we say that, are people going to use public transportation as they used to before? Are they still going to walk around and trust people that they're going to be safe and they're not going to be transmitting any diseases, even going to the beach because like that's the most public place that you could go. So, uh, but on a larger scale, I think like in Lebanon, um, people would be more aware of how the government is spending or how even they are spending. Like I would like to see um, more funds towards um, towards hospitals for example because we had a huge issue in that our hospitals were not prepared and um, we had to raise money from our diaspora and um yeah we raised like a bit 
for the hospitals. So I think hospitals, and then we're going to have probably for education and maybe they're going to try to see how they're going to help um, the underprivileged sort. I don't want to use that word. However, like the ones who are um, more like average and below income. So I really hope that we would be able to see some differences and maybe we could speak our voices and they'd be heard. Um, I honestly do believe in change and I hope that someday we'll be able to go back to our lives, like to our reality, but even better perhaps. I don't know. Thank One you. Can hope. Thank you. But I mean, going back to this point that you all raised that this crisis has in a sense um, really made very clear some problems and deficits. And so can we emerge from this crisis with the will to address those, whether it's a health related to healthcare, educational inequality, or other problems? Who is next? Um, Manvi. Am I audible? Yes, Manvi. Yeah. Um, so I think there are a few things that might change, that might change in the world and in India as well. One is definitely how, um, Coronavirus has kind of united all of us at a front where um, we're not really looking at, um, you know, like different political, like if I'm talking from the perspective of India, we're not really looking at political leanings right now. There is a common enemy that all of us are fighting towards. So, um, a, you know, a comparatively less polarization than, um, you know, a change in patriotism probably because we all look at patriotism and um, related to different things. For example, religion and armed forces. However, now um, we see that it's doctors and janitors and the nurses who are saving our lives. So how there could be a complete shift in our thinking of patriotism itself. Mm. And um, another thing that I hope to see is how um, we're more prepared for something like this. And another really interesting thing that I was thinking about recently is how um, everything globally is going to shift um, online. Like we're having a global conference right now online, which we wouldn't really think of if there wasn't Corona. And um, how like education to uh, telemedicine and how everything would shift online and how um, that would become, although it already is an integral part of a lot of our lives, it would also become an even more important part of almost everyone's life and how that would bring change in the world. However, I'm, I'm pretty sure most of you who are taking online classes would agree with me that they're not great and um, that, you know, it's always better to have class in person, but I think that's how things are going to change and we really can't do much about it. Okay, thank you, Manfi. Um, someone else has their hand up as well. Metahan? And Natalia will come to you next. Yes, Metahan. Uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, one of the things will be changed, and like uh, one of the thing uh, is changing is uh, the trust in scientists. Silas Olstrom also mentioned that. So, uh, getting a warranted trust uh, on science uh, on scientists will be questioned in the future, I believe since uh, the coronavi coronavirus created a doubt about uh, the scientists' ways and scientists' uh, inventions, basically. Uh, that is my first thing. 
secondly uh, uh, we will see the, we will see how uh, during the common enemy uh, threatening us versus uh, no enemy and uh, we can compare these two to uh, understand how the threat uh, humanity threats affects people uh, mm -hmm. and all uh, obviously the economic crisis will be uh, like coming at us next so uh, since the the production is almost stopped not, not right now i don't know what will happen but uh, something is economically bad will be waiting for us okay all right so once again our question is what influence do you think this pandemic will have on your future or your country and the world um natalia um, so, um, speaking about Brazil, um, I think in culture, I mean, I, I think uh, we we will have a very very big impact uh, in cultural terms. We are a Latino country, so we are uh, very fond of hugging and kissing and touching and be and being very warm. Not only with your friends and family, but basically with with everyone you've just met, um, and that's totally impossible until we have a cure or a or a real treatment for this disease. Um, one of the reasons um, um, I don't know if you're all aware, but we we still don't have a centralized response for the for for the COVID crisis, so we're not officially um, in in quarantine in quarantine. So each state, each city is is dealing with the crisis in its own terms. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I live in Rio, so my state is in quarantine. Uh, our frontiers are closed, and, and etc. But there is not very much enforcement to this quarantine. So, for example, my neighbors were having a a um, an Easter dinner with guests yesterday. So um, enforcement and and uh, and um, respectance of quarantine is a big issue in Brazil. I think not only for the cultural terms I've mentioned, but also because I don't think people have yet uh, realized the seriousness of this disease. We are a country where uh, we have a very big uh, part of the population that's not very well educated, both uh, formal and uh, like informal education so in my opinion for them it's kind of hard to understand uh, concepts like flattening the curve and even like understand graphics that they show on tv mm -hmm. i think people will only uh realize what's going on when it really hits them home yeah um, we haven't we haven't yet seen the peak of the crisis um people have seen it in china in in, Italy, in the united states but i, I don't think they have yet grasp the seriousness of this disease that it's it's deadly it's fatal uh, and especially when you have a president such as ours who goes on tv to say it's just a legal flu it's kind of hard to make people understand what we're going through and yeah. in terms of economic and, and in terms of economies it's i think it's going to I mean, it's hard for me to be optimistic seeing what's happening in Brazil considering this crisis. We are about to have probably the biggest financial crisis we've had in our history. And it's not a very good prognostic we're having. 
Okay, thank you very much. Vinicius. As Natalia said, we, we are not the right one to spread hope and optimism because we are Brazilian and so we have problems with the leadership and uh, I don't know, I, I just don't know what will happen with Brazil because we are at least six years in political and economic crisis, we don't have we have problems with leadership, so I just don't know what will happen with Brazil. Uh, talking about the world, I think um, we can have some uh, economic changes. I think Europe, in Europe, some kind of a rearrangement in economic terms, maybe the welfare state will be appointing a global agenda. And the role of China in the world and the East, I think it will be very evident post-pandemic and in this crisis. Yes, thank you very much. Silas, what do you have to say? Yeah, um, I guess I had quite a few different things pop up for me, but I think one of the first ones is just a little bit of an anecdote of just, um, I think there's greater visibility to what welfare programs there are in the US. Like you didn't used to see trending Instagram posts about how food stamps work, but that happens now because there is like a, a heightened awareness to make sure like don't go shopping on the first two days of the month. And for those who aren't as familiar with those programs, that's never a question that's raised. Um, so I did think that was interesting. And I hope that, I mean, I think that in a weird way, I think sometimes being a victim is very empowering. Um, and so those who really were on the very front lines of this, I do, expect maybe to a, a higher level um, more to be more vocal um, in advocating about like how those programs work and what support is needed and where it's not. Um, like simply those narratives were not in my social media presence until this happened. Um, I think also just like globally, I think people might start to s expect more flexible institutions. I think where mm -hmm. we have cumbersome, even like a university is or a federal government is um, and as much as people may want to deny and say that, and I mean, even in the U.S., there is like a lot of push for like less government control. Like, at the end of the day, you can't deny that there is only one central institution that can help you. Um, and so looking at the timeline that they're able to act on, I think, is very frustrating in times of uncertainty. Um, I don't know what that would look like. I, I don't study political science, but it, I think I'm, I'm worried about a world in which a state of emergency becomes more and more normalized, whether it is a pandemic, whether it is climate disasters, whether it is... I mean, even energy grids going down or like online viruses, whatever it is, I don't, I, I think that is a state that we need to get more used to um, as we become more connected, we're all at risk equally. Um, and so thinking about what an institution looks like that can actually continue to respond to this. And like we're, we're saying about like, oh, pandemic once every hundred years, like, do we know that? I mean, it's, it's not happening for, in climate issues, it's not happening um, in other things as well. So what does it look like to, someone who, who can accept taking blows like this more and more often um, and how people expect governments to be able to normalize uncertainty in many different ways and as that continues i think i just i follow a lot of different like theater artists and things like that online um, and i think there's interesting questions being raised about like worthwhile pursuits in like a normalized state where things are huge emergencies are happening more and more often like how do you continue to justify those who don't find themselves considered as useful in moments like this um, like there's a bunch of actors who are out of work right now and things like that or musicians and just continuing to justify that because I think there is definitely reason 
and yet those who are on the front lines and continue to be put on the front lines versus those who have to step back and like are considered not essential. Um, questions like that, I think, would influence what people might consider studying in the future um, as yeah. we face more and more global emergencies. Thank you. Thank you very much, Silas. And I think um, just one of the points that you raised about kind of expecting more flexible institutions coming together with a lot of your comments about technology and the role that it's going to play on the other side of this, I think bringing those two things together is interesting to consider as well. Yasmin? Uh, I'd like to follow up on uh, uh, what Silas mentioned about flexibility. I think that, uh, for instance, in my country, Tunisia, we're facing the consequences of our choices in terms of education. The fact that our whole future as high school students stands on the results of one exam held annually is really, um, I think this pandemic really showed how fragile that choice is. Although there are certain benefits to this program, it really lowers um, all kinds of, um, let's say, privilege because everyone uh, in the whole country, all states pass the same exam. They are, uh, the correction is really, uh, let's say, fair and everything. But I think that this crisis will really have a big impact on uh, how flexible our school programs are. I'd also like to follow up on what uh, Lucien has mentioned about the, the European Union, I think. Um, I think that this crisis really highlighted just how, uh, although we are very interconnected, we're not really, there's no solidarity. I think it's really shocking for me that Tunisia, a uh, third world country, sent help and uh, a big plane with um, uh, medically trained uh, army surgeons and everything to Italy, whereas Europe hasn't done anything. So just for information's sake, Tunisia and Italy entertain a very close diplomatic uh, relationship um, because of the uh, geographical proximity and everything. I think that this crisis really highlighted how much solidarity we lack in our world. Uh, in addition, uh, I really think that I just wanted to mention something. Um, I really think that the rise of conspiracy theories and uh, this, this kind of things and the lack of trust in scientists really highlights how much people don't trust authority anymore. And I think this is a globalized phenomenon. So uh, I've seen it in my country and I've come to notice it in forums uh, all over the world. Concerning my own future, actually, I'm quite lucky to have passed an entrance exam in a private uh, political science institute in my country. So my bad results don't really matter as much, but I, my heart goes out to all of my friends uh, who really need to pass this exam with flying colors to be able to join um, the best schools in my country. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, that's a really important point about the lack of trust in authority. Um, and that's a problem at a time like this. We've been seeing that that uh, decay, um, and and then we hit a crisis like this. And what are the impacts of that? Essen, you have your hand up, and we still need to hear from Sandra and Alex as well. Essen. Oh, right. Okay. So, I also have uh, things to say about uh, the government response uh, on what uh, what I heard from. Uh, our friends from Brazil, mostly from Natalia and Vinicius, and 
I, I think Metahan will also agree with me in that sense that it's really important how the um, citizens act uh, while seeing the uh, government's acts. And while many of the countries are needing some funds from the IMF or uh, international organizations, uh, from Tur in Turkey, there is a very, like, <laughs> Not, I, I don't want to say funny, but it, it's funny in the sense that it's miserable. Uh, well, well, our government is very um, hesitant to go to the IMF or any kind of international in, uh, organization to have funds. And as Metan has also mentioned before, instead of giving funds to the people who, who are in need, they are actually asking for them to collect some money, which is like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to. How, how, how like you know and like again with the uh the trust is well the trust people have for each other as yasmin said like uh, it will change a lot i think because well uh, we had a lockdown for only two days for the last like yesterday and the day before like saturday and for sunday and today it was all like today it was over and people were going to their jobs again and for that two days, uh, the the lockdown for the, that two days were was announced on the on Friday at like 10 p.m. or so, and people in the uh, people ha like shouldn't have left their house, but there was there like everyone left their house to go shopping for some needs that like needs because like like many of them were buying colas or something like only colas like what why you need on need on that like why but um yeah so there was there was a very crowded uh there was very crowded places and um the understanding of people of masks like you have to have a mask but they were actually closing their mouths with their hands as if they that it was a mask like it was crazy and yeah i think it's mostly about like how the government acts and like how the, how do they tell the, the citizens to act? Because if you tell them that you will be in lockdown for two days, people go out because they don't really uh, understand what the lockdown for two days is, I think. And they go out and they go, go into crowded places where, for lockdown. For, I mean, that's, that's really... <laughs> I don't even have a word for that. So yes, for Turkey, it's like like this in the moment, and I can't really ha ha have an optimistic um, sight for for now. And that um, they're still wanting, um, they're sending uh, messages to all of the citizens, uh, such as, well, uh, you can send this much of money by responding to our as the message like this or that and yeah so this is the situation in turkey right now thank you uh, yeah thank you, thank you. Um, i'm going to hear from sandra and alex as well yes um what i want to mention is that i think that after this pandemic um everyone would be as uh, some of us mentioned that uh, everyone would be more hygienically aware um but i don't think the trust would decrease um in society because 
uh, everyone needs people. Like if you talk to people right now, everyone's saying, oh, we can't wait to go out and see our friends and our family, et cetera, et cetera. It's just that when you come back from the market right now, you're just more, you're being more hygienically aware. You're cleaning everything, um, disinfecting everything uh, and all of that. Also, um, I think the government, what should happen is that, let's say in Lebanon, the government should uh, work on not only in Lebanon, but giving equal opportunity to the poor to have access to education, to uh, the younger generations especially, um, to let's say um, uh, hand out uh, technology, hand out everything that they need, uh, just in case if the world goes through another pandemic and they need to study at home or work at home. Uh, also, what I think is that the idea of working at home would be more common uh, because let's say this pandemic is over, we still have another huge problem, which is uh, what um, Yasmin mentioned a while ago, which is uh, global warming. Um, I think uh, we would be uh, more, let's say, ready to work on that, to decrease uh, the amount of pollution we could, let's say, uh, companies or the government could help in uh, dividing uh, how people would be working from home uh, several days and the others would be going to the office. So um, I think it's just going to help us to be ready to other uh, global problems and issues. Thank you very much. And Alex? So for me, I think there is hope at the end of the tunnel. I feel as though uh, the whole world has turned united in, the, in fighting this pandemic. For example, in my country, Kenya, the political drama has totally stopped and I hope it remains so for the in future, yeah? There is no political tension as it has always been the case. Uh, secondly, uh, I think most governments are gonna amend their plans, especially in the medical sector, just so we stay prepared in future. And thirdly, I hope we continue adapting uh, the new custom of doing things and conducting businesses online because it has really proven to be working efficiently as highlighted by the pandemic. Yeah, that's my points. Very good, thank you. We have just about five minutes before we're going to be called back into our general session. And so um, I'd love to hear any comments on the many rich observations that you shared with us. Uh, Manvi had her hand up before. Did you still want to say something? I wanted to add um, a few more points about how uh, Corona is taking a turn in India. So um, all of us have been locked down at our houses since March 24th. And the lockdown was going to end today on 14th. However, um, it, in all, a lot of states, it's been extended by the state government till April 30th. And we don't know how long we're going to be locked in. And the lockdown is really bad where... Um, so we can't get out of our houses um, after a certain point of time. And it's different situation in different states. So my state is, um, I think, sixth or seventh in the um, death toll of corona in India. So like, it's not that bad. But however, the other states, um, they're getting paramilitary and police to like barricade people to stay, yeah. stay at home. And it's, it's a very scary situation because um, 
you just can't get out of houses. And what's more scary is how um, the police is reacting to um, the pe people coming outside on roads and how various uh, things have been done to people who are getting out of homes. And what's um, worse is how, um, so um, like the domestic help and a lot of people who cannot afford to not go for work. And um, like my, um, so one of our domestic health husband is a um, vegetable farmer and who um, uh, sells vegetables at this market. And he was beaten up one day because he tried to um, sell vegetables on the road. So how livelihoods of these people are getting affected because of the lockdown and how it's generating a mental, it's taking a great toll of mental health on all of our lives because we're just not able to get out of home at all. It's been almost, um, I think, 25 days now that I haven't stepped out of my house. Yeah. Well, and going back to something Silas said um, at the beginning, which is, you know, we're not used to, um, you know, in some parts of the world, certainly in the United States, we're not used to not having a kind of timeline so that we know, you know, you will be, you will, you have to stay home until April 15th. Um, you know, and the idea that we don't know the timeline is very unsettling um, here. Um, we have only two more minutes. We're going to be drawn back into our session. Um, who would like to say something? Yasmin, you had your hand up. Yes. I just wanted to uh, say to Essen that uh, uh, in Tunisia, it was the same too. At first, when the lockdown was uh, announced by the government, people were still having marriages and everything. Uh, we're on, it's a month. We've been on lockdown, uh, lockdown for a month now, and uh, it's better. I hope that in Turkey too, people uh, grow more aware of this issue. But I just wanted to stress that uh, no country has taken this in stride uh, right away, and maybe things will improve later. Anyone else with our last minutes before we head back into our general session? Uh, I want to thank you. Yasmin, for your comments. I hope it will get better. Well, I have a footage uh, link on hand. If you want, I can share it with you. Uh, well, this is a very basic, <laughs> uh, let me see. Um, can, you, can you see it from the chat? Thank you. Right, so this is how like funny it, it was the day before the lockdown. Thank you very much. Yeah. I mean, I feel from all of you a real combination of, um, you know, anxiety and uncertainty about the future, um, but a sense that this is also an opportunity to, um, to remake the world in a different way as we emerge from this. And I think that that will certainly be the main focus of our next session. So I'm going to return us to the main session and I'll see you there. <laughs>